Aalto University Podcast. Yeah, I think for me, it's been a great way to learn. For me, it's been like a support network and it's helped to create a sense of community. I, I feel if I now come across some student feedback, like I mentioned earlier, that is negative. I have somebody to go and show it to and then I can work on that together and I don't have to carry that burden by trying myself. To, trying to learn, learn together there and in such a way that there's it's a sort of a safe environment to learn the new skills and try new things and so on. So a bit of a, as a sort of a, how would you say, a simulation together. I think that's important as well. As a teacher, in these cases, you're, you're, you're seldom, you're not alone there. You're teaching as a part of a group. This episode of Future Led Learning Podcast is about co-teaching. I had a chance to discuss this with university teacher Meri Kuikka, and postdoc researcher Tuomo Elranta, who have been teaching together for years at Aalto, and can give us invaluable and practical insights into co-teaching. My name is Rika Evans, and this is Future Led Learning Podcast. Welcome aboard. Future Led Learning by Aalto University. So today we have here Meri Kuikka. Hi. And Tuomo Elranta. Hello, hello. Nice to have you on board here at Future Led Learning Podcast. For the listeners, I would like to point out that we are recording today's episode via Zencaster platform due to some illnesses that we had here. But hey, we did learn this from the COVID-19 era that we can do this also online. So let's do this a bit differently than we have recorded the other episodes. Today's episode is about co-teaching, and you guys have been invited here to talk about your experience. But before we dive into the topic of today, I would like to hear, how do you see learning and your own role as a teacher and facilitator of learning? Mary, let's start with you. Could you tell us who are you and what are you doing at Aldo? Great. So my name is Merik Wicka and I teach entrepreneurship at Alta Ventures program and also product design at Alta Design Factory. I've been co-teaching multidisciplinary project courses for about eight years now, and it's really a passion of mine. I'm really happy to talk about it all day today, if you let me. Excellent. And Tuomo, please, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm a postdoctoral researcher at the Department of Industrial Engineering and Management, but I spend most of my time teaching product and service development, and then maybe half the time I work in Alta University's internal development project as, as an internal consultant. So teaching development stuff and doing it as well, which is a nice combination. How do you see learning and your own role as a teacher and facilitator of learning? Let's start with you, Mary. So for me, I think learning is a process that starts from the individual and it's something that leads to a change in behavior. So as a result of practice or experience, I I try to design my classes with the intention of making an impact in how the students who attend my courses will live their lives after they finish the course. For example, when I teach classes with an entrepreneurial focus, I hope that my students come away from the class with the skills and mindset that they can start something new in their own lives, whether it's a business or a project or anything that really suits their own starting point. So I see my own role as a teacher as somebody to encourage, to inspire, to guide, and to prepare our students towards the goals that they have set for themselves. How about you, Toma? Uh, I wish I would have a philosophical answer like that. <laughs> Maybe like pragmatically, what I teach is pretty practice-oriented in, in, in many ways. And I see my main role as creating these sort of simulations for 
for the students so that they can experience the phenomena that we're trying to learn, learn together there and in such a way that there's it's a sort of a safe environment to learn the new skills and try new things and so on. So a bit of a, as a sort of a, how would you say, a simulation together. I think that's important as well. As a teacher, in these cases, you're, you're, you're seldom, you're not alone there. You're teaching as a part of a group. And you already touched the today's subject, which is co-teaching. You two have co-taught together here at Aldo. Could you tell us a little bit more about it? So we co-teach a course called Käyttäjälähtöiden and Tuotekehitysprojekti. So to translate, it's something like user-oriented product development project. And we teach this at the School of Science. It's a compulsory course for all of the Alta Ski School students during their, was it the second or third year? It depends a little bit on their major of their bachelors. I'm wondering, like, when, I think we started co-teaching together spring 2018. Yeah, I think I that's right. Remember, yeah. and I think when we met and started collaboration, co- collaborating, like there was a need to make a, make big changes to the course for a wide variety of reasons. So I think sort of our collaboration has always been sort of developing courses, courses together, trying new things, and, and so on. Luckily, after now so many years, it's gone from maybe radical changes to more incremental improvement. But but yeah. Could you tell us a little bit more that how did you end up teaching teaching together? Sure. As Doma mentioned back in 2018, I had been hired to do something I call secret agent work at Alta Ventures program to bring entrepreneurial mindset to project courses within Alta. So working in courses that are not entrepreneurial, but to bring a little bit of an entrepreneurial mindset into the course content. And Tuomo was a doctoral student at the time, and you were at the Department of Industrial Engineering and Management. Mm -hmm. And back then, the school had this project course, which was quite large, with 400 students a year, happening twice a year. And we both had a bit of experience teaching project-based multidisciplinary courses, and we were brought in to basically help out the teacher who was, at the time, feeling quite overwhelmed with the amount of work that carrying something quite heavy might involve. So that's how we started. We took this course that was really quite large and had a really good intention, but we looked at it together and we thought, what can we do to make this more practical? What can we do to make the students really learn the ideas of multidisciplinarity and kind of teamworking together? Yeah, exactly. Because it was a sort of, a, I think it was a really cool challenge in the in, in the sense that okay, we have a mandatory bachelor course for all the students in the School of Science. That's yeah, that's possi- not an easy starting point. Yeah, it's a possible. It's a challenging context, but then again, a, a sort of a, a, an amazing place to try to do sort of good impact. The student feedback in the course wasn't particularly good for a variety of reasons and everybody knew that one would need to renew it and the teacher in charge at the time was very alone with the the problem and that's where we then came in into the process and it wasn't only us so I think there was a couple of of student assistants as well plus a third teacher and before that it had been only the responsible teacher and a and couple of student assistants. So the course not only started under undergoing this sort of content-related changes, structure-related t- changes, but also the organization of teaching went from normal single teacher-led setup into a more of a co-teaching setup. Walk us through the planning process that you you have this new setup that you're doing it as a co-teaching team and you have other, like you said, assistance there too. So how, how does it actually in practice then work out? What do you do? So there's mm. a lot of meetings. 
you might notice that when you start having co-teaching, a lot of the work of teaching the class becomes easier because you have more people to do it. But the coordination of all these people involved in the team becomes quite heavy as well. So even now that we've been running the course for many years, we still meet once or twice a week just for the planning. Mm-hmm. So that's how it starts is you sit down and you think about what are the things that we want to be doing? How do we do them? How do we then distribute the work? Who does what? How do we then coordinate all the planning of the courses, planning of the lectures, forming of the groups for the project courses that we do. And then, of course, there comes the issue of grading as well, because suddenly when you have several teachers grading different projects, how do you make sure that everyone does it exactly the same? So there's been a lot of learning on the way. And I have to say, when we started, we were extremely optimistic. We were like, oh, this is going to be a doddle. We're going to just do this and copy the format of having a 40-person project course into this massive endeavor, which has 400 students a year. And I have to say, like, I learned a lot on the way. We did not get it right the first time we tried. Mm-mm, yeah, yeah. And it's a bit, I think one key thing in balancing in terms of process-wise is the question of what do you do completely together and what do you then divide into smaller packages that an individual, for example, prepares some part of the structure in the beginning and then you come together and start fine-tuning it or do you do everything together from scratch? And, and Because probably if one person does everything and then comes to the group and then you start discussing from there, that probably doesn't work. And then if you have a tabula rasa, and sort of six persons there, that's a really challenging setup as, as well. So process-wise, I don't know. I, I think we've never really mapped or reflected how the process actually went, but I think the key sort of feature in the process was balancing these two aspects aspects, aspects there. Future-led learning. So the actual implementation, when you actually started teaching, how was that? What kind of experience was that? The beginning I think the, the beginning, beginning uh, yeah, let's focus first on the beginning if, and then if sort we of start, like see the process. Yeah, yeah, if we, it was, I'm not going to lie, it was painful. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you have some plans and then you realize you need to change everything. When you have a bunch of teachers, even if you don't have the same vision and you want to achieve the same things, a bit different philosophies and so on and these clash and you negotiate which leads into better outcomes in the end but it's not necessarily easy easy mm. it can feel really frustrating at the and, and at, yeah looking at it from the student perspective when you think back to the feedback we were getting in the first rounds of the teaching mm. like th- there were some really brutal comments in there because we were changing the way that our students were used to working mm-hmm. when you consider for example the average student in the school of science which is the core focus of the students that we work with, many of them come from a very disciplinary based background where they are used to dedicating their lives to physics, to mathematics, whatever it is that they've chosen to study. And then some person that they really don't have any connection point to says, now you're going to work with these other people and their focus is not mathematics or physics. There's a lot of learning to be done there and smoothing the process took a long time. Yeah, definitely. And I think like also the co-teaching setup creates some of some can create some challenges in terms of the student interaction. If you have a big big group of teachers uh, who all give feedback to the students, and especially if we're talking about sort of things like product and service development, where there are no exactly right or wrong answers, and it means that students get conflicting feedback from teachers. Valid, but conflicting. And and if the students haven't been sort of if we haven't made enough sort of expectation management related to the, to this, it can feel, feel also frustrating for the students. So tell us, how was the experience to you? I, you guys are still doing it, so I expect that it has been still beneficial for the course and it has been fun and it's worth doing. 
Yeah, I think for me, it's been a great way to learn. For me, it's been like a support network and it's helped to create a sense of community. I, I feel if I now come across some student feedback, like I mentioned earlier, that is negative. I have somebody to go and show it to and then I can work on that together and I don't have to carry that burden by myself. I've also taught large courses like the one that we talk about by myself. And I feel like that is a much heavier burden to carry, even though there's a lot less meetings to manage because that can be quite lonely. So co-teaching helps with the burden of it all and also makes development a lot more fun because you can reflect with other people and share ideas. Yes. And as a professional, you learn so much quicker when you're developing things together with others, others basically. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's one of the, and I think that's one key aspect. And the second thing is that you feel like you can actually try out really new kinds of things. You you have like, in, there's strength in numbers in that sense that you're more courageous. And even if there's somebody is proposing something in the, in in a bigger teaching team and others are first a bit wary, okay, can we do this? What might happen? So on, like, they know that you're not there, you're like, whatever sort of challenges might arise when you're actually implementing the plans and running the course and that you're not going to be facing those challenges alone, but you can fix them. And it's important, I think, not only mentally, but also in the sense that that you're, you're able to manage the student experience too. Like if, if you run into problems, you can react so quickly and come up with good enough solutions that the student experience doesn't, doesn't get hurt in any way, which is super critical. Could you also tell us a little bit What kind of teaching methods can you use when you're teaching together as a co-teaching team? Does that benefit the like, how do you the variety of teaching methods that you can use? Oh, yeah, I absolutely do think it does because it does influence the amount of hours you have face to face with your students. So, for example, with Gatis, which is the course that we've been talking about here, we have hundreds of students, but because we have enough teachers to be able to divide the students among the teachers, we have a mentor who's able to follow four teams throughout the course and to give feedback to them every single week. So the students are not left with like questions about why they scored how they did on each assignment that we do. It allows for more iterative planning as well. We're able to utilize the strengths of the team so that certain team members are able to do some stuff in the background while the course is running. And we we're able to just have uh, more varied teaching methods in general because there's more support to do that. Yeah, I think Mary, that's a really important subject. Like for us and in our course, like I think the biggest advantage that we get is that without it being a super big burden on the teachers, we can like our, our sort of feedback loop time is maximum one week. So whatever assignments the students have been submitting to us, we can give that we can give really timely feedback, which especially in project courses is very critical, very critical, both just in terms of learning and also in, in terms of student motivation. Because if you get timely feedback, that's that motivates you, uh, tends to motivate you a lot. And plus, you can always like when you have a lot of people. So far, I think we have now we have five teachers and five teaching assistants. So you have a really strong breadth of sort of people being passionate about different things. And, and I remember this was all already a couple of years ago. But in one lecture, we then had a, a teacher in the course who was really into sort of music and, and lighting. So what we did, like we had pretty a sort of normal lecture set up plus interactive exercises during it, but also the the lecturing parts, there was one of was putting on some ambient music and playing with the lighting and so on. So it felt more like a movie rather than a, than a lecture, lecture, basically. And you can try out these things. I think that that's important. And going back to the feedback that you mentioned earlier, 
We teach product design and one of the key concepts of product design is to have what's called an iterative loop. So every time you do something, you build something, you measure whether it works and then you learn from it. Yeah. And because we have such a large teaching team, we're able to do this with our own teaching as well. So we will run a class, we'll see what went well, we'll see how kind how the students react to it. And then if we get positive feedback, we keep it. And if something needs changing, then we have the capacity to actually change it. And then we do this on a fairly fast cycle as well. So we will make changes within the course. Even. And of course, at the end of every course, we then revisit the feedback that we get and say, hey, this didn't work or the scheduling wasn't right here or we need more time for this or small things like that. I don't think we will ever be at a point where we feel like we're finished with this course. We are forever, forever changing the way that it works. Yeah, for sure. Hey, could you give us examples of what kind of feedback have you received from your students? Yeah, there's quite a lot to work on. In the beginning, we felt that there was a lot more variation in the feedback, just looking at the feedback scores. We've received continuous improvement, basically, from when we started. And we've gone a whole point in a five-point scale from where we were when we started. And I feel like the amount of feedback has become a lot less polarized over time. So in the beginning, you would get people who are forced onto this course against their will, basically because it's a compulsory course saying, this is the worst thing I've ever had to do. Why are you wasting my time with this? It's not relevant to what I want to do in the future. And that's hard to grasp because how can you start with feedback like that? There is nothing in there that you can work with. It's just a student venting their frustration at being in a difficult situation. But over time, we've noticed that the feedback becomes a lot finer. There's a lot more that you can grasp there. You get feedback on things like, I would have liked more time to spend on this particular thing here, or I think this is really relevant and you should focus more on that. And that is the kind of feedback we're actually able to use. And we notice that the more work we do on the course, the easier it is to develop the course further. I think the main thing that we've been able to utilize is the fact that we have made our assignment briefs incredibly detailed over time. So we started out having very open-ended problems with a lot of mm -hmm. space for the students to move and do stuff. And that did not resonate well with our student base. It can be a very useful way to work on product design if the people working on the project are super motivated. But when your starting point is a compulsory course, that's not the case. So once we were able to hone down to, to extreme levels of detail what we want for each assignment and to create a rubric-based grading system that makes it extremely transparent what we're looking for, we found that the feedback we were getting became a lot more easy to process and we were able to respond to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. without going too deep into sort of the specific of teaching teaching product design and product development, there's this paradox in the sense that like in act, like we're, the process in itself is you need to have the creative freedom and the flexibility and each kind of project is, is different in reality, especially when you go to companies. Innovation, it sort of depends so much on the, on, on the case. But the, but the problem is that as a student, you don't really know about the topic. If you give this really broad that, okay, you can do a bit of everything. Here's a list of activities or a list of outcomes you need to achieve at the end of the project. And, and let's see in, in, in three three months, basically, where, where you are, which is like where we started from. It, it's I think it's been a key thing that we've realized that this doesn't really work unless you're already a bit familiar with the phenomena. So if you're really coming as a new student, like maybe this is even your first group work course, first project course for group work course and so on, you need much rigid, more rigid structures structures there. And this is one thing that I think we'll be developing a lot based on the feedback. This, But maybe more as a sort of a more recent thing coming, okay, so coming out of sort of COVID times and and so on a key thing or something that has arisen a lot from the feedback now is that students want to spend more time face to face 
they don't want face-to-face lectures, but they want to do something more face-to-face. So this is something that we've, for example, now been changing for for the current iteration or implementation of the course that we have more these sort of situations where the students are coming together, seeing other teams. And it's really nice for us as, as well, because like you get these more personal connections with students and you understand the things that they're struggling with and what they're motivated about and, and what they feel a sense of achievement and so on, which is exactly the kind of things that's super important in terms of developing courses. You get limited understanding from the actual, the official course surveys, which are also, they serve an important purpose, but you cannot, at, at, uh, unless the course is in really bad shape, usually the sort of the granularity of the data is not good enough to, to or detailed enough to make good course design decisions. Future-led learning. One of the things that's been really pivotal to the way we plan the courses that we have been able to recruit our student assistants from the previous courses. Many mm-hmm. of them have stuck with us for very long periods of time because they like it so much. Mm-hmm. But we do involve our student base very strongly in the work that we do. So they have control over the lectures. We invite them to actually show the students of the current class what projects they were working on previously and to reflect on their own experience and to use the knowledge that they got from running being a participant in the course earlier in a teacher setting. And that has been really helpful because they're very honest with us. They will tell us when we're doing stupid things. They will tell us how things feel when they're participants and not just the organizers. And that Mm -hmm. has been very valuable. Yeah. And it gives a lot of flexibility. Like now we had just had a lecture and we had one of our teaching assistants to give part of the lecture because he was very passionate about the topic and so on. it, It made sort of our life easier and probably the content was more graspable now for the students in the course as well because he had just taken the course knew the sort of the pains that they were having the students are having at that point of of a phase of the project and all those things so it's really nice like for us yeah the teaching assistants are a really critical part of the of the teaching team teaching team and you know involved in pretty much all of the the course not implementation only but also course planning activities if you think of co-teaching more generally as a approach to teaching or even as a method to teaching, in what kind of circumstances does it work? What kind of courses does it require? And is there some sort of circumstances where you would not use co-teaching? My personal experience has been from multidisciplinary project-based courses. I feel like that is an area where there's an obvious benefit. You can bring in the different disciplines of the teachers and you can coach teams in a way where you can divide the work better. Places where I would not use it, there's a lot of lecture-based courses that make sense the way they are. So if you don't have the students doing something, learning by doing, for example, is the concept that we use quite a lot. So, So there's a lot of more theoretical courses out there where co-teaching may not be as valuable. I don't think that it would then necessarily be a bad idea to do that, but it will add to the workload of planning the course if you've been teaching something for a long time and you feel like the structure works as it is. So if something isn't broke, why fix it? Mm, yeah, definitely. Mm. If the topic is some, especially if topic is something that there is a single expert on the topic, then it isn't necessarily make that much sense. And the second thing, if they because I, I see co-teaching also as a tool for professional development. If you feel that your sort of your teaching chops are already really developed, developed, then then you, maybe you don't get so many benefits if you're doing it, doing it with somebody else. I also wouldn't recommend it to anyone who is over overwhelmed with the amount of work that they're already doing, because especially starting a new project like co-teaching, it will take time to coordinate. Yeah. Definitely. It gets easier, 
it gets way easier, especially like if you can te- if the co-teaching team stays relatively stable. But that's that, that, that's also sort of a thing. Like always, when you get a new person into your sort of teaching team, it's a benefit because you get new perspectives and so on. But in terms of getting organized and so on, it, it always you're building new practices, bit of a bu- building a new culture and so on. And this happens even if it's just like one person out of six or seven. Seven. So I think that's been a really interesting learning, at least for me, like when I started co-teaching, I never thought it it's a single individual can have such a big impact into the sort of the dynamics of the teaching team. One question that arises in, in, in this conversation to me is that the universities are strongly also now promoting online learning or blended learning. How does the co-teaching go if you have to bring online teaching or say hybrid teaching into it does that work oh my goodness we have the best experiment on this right now (laughs) we took at the beginning of covid like everyone we took our project course into the online world and we've actually opted to keep it there for the most part simply because the amount of students that we have doesn't really fit in a classroom within alta there aren't project-based classrooms that we could use because we want our students to sit with a team and not in a row in an auditorium so Mm -hmm. trying to put 200 people into a classroom becomes very difficult with the mm-hmm. premises that we have available to us. Last year, when we had to make the choice to either go back into in-person teaching classroom or to continue going online, we chose to stay online because we just had no option at that point. Mm-hmm. And we are now experimenting with doing parts of the teaching in person. So we will have like team feedback sessions dotted throughout where we have smaller groups get together. Mm-hmm. And we just ran an experiment of user testing was it two weeks ago where our students got into a testing classroom so that they were able to test with other course members. So they have their project, then they show it to somebody else and they get feedback on that. But for that to function, we had to book three classrooms and one auditorium. So it becomes a logistical issue really. So we've been able to make it work in person. We've been able to make it work online. We've been able to make it work as a hybrid solution. And there's practices for each one of them. But my main sort of starting point from that is it's possible and it just takes adjusting the practices to make it work. Yeah, definitely. And I would say that changing things because it's so much easier to develop things together, it's easier to adapt to different circumstances and so on. But I think in terms of based on, based on I don't know if you agree, Mary, but I think for us, like in terms of the fact that the, 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 all the problems related to changing the teaching mode didn't have anything to do with the, with the fact that we're co-teaching. There were other kind of sort of problems there. And actually the what the what the co-teaching practice helped us was that okay, so we were more it was easier for us to adapt, but it didn't generate any additional problems, pretty much the opposite of that. Yeah, I feel like the main sort of thing that works for me is that I look at everything that we try as an experiment. Mm-hmm. And then it's the iterative planning. We see if it works. If it doesn't, we skip it. We do it differently next time. And if it works, it stays in the program for the next season. So Yeah, everything goes. We've tried so many different things. It's been quite a journey. Wow, Mary and Toma, we have been learning a lot about co-teaching. Thank you so much. Is there anything that you guys would like to add? Have we covered it all or do you still have something that you would like to add? Yeah, absolutely. I find that often when we talk about teaching, it's easy for me to start from my own perspective and talk about how co-teaching works for teachers. But I'd like to talk about the other side of it as well, which is the students. Because I do think that there's a lot that can benefit the students as well. The first thing that comes to mind is that we're able to have a lot more face-to-face time with the students and in general to give faster feedback cycles and meet them where they are. I think that's been the main benefit for me. Thoma, what do you think about 
how co-teaching benefits students? What's relevant for them? I think it, like the one key thing there is just it's because of the sort of the possibility to develop the course to be more flexible and so on. You just get a better course in the end. Absolutely, like, yeah. Especially if we're talking about bigger sort of project courses and sort of these kinds of things. And there's those sort of indirect benefits to the student experience, experience basically. But maybe, yeah. But I also would want to add that uh, sort of, I at least don't want to say that co-teaching is necessarily something that everybody should always do. Well, because it's a certain mode of working that maybe fits somebody better than others because it has these sort of certain challenges regarding organizing the team and all those things that it doesn't it doesn't fit necessarily everybody in all situations if we were to encourage teachers that please do try it when would you see that it benefits the teacher yeah, I think a bit that as we as we mentioned or as I mentioned before that if you want to develop your teaching skills professionally, develop professionally, I think that's very good method to use. Learning from your peers, seeing new things, and so on. It can also if you're dabbling into a teaching into a sort of topic you're not super familiar with or maybe you're familiar in researching it but you're not familiar in teaching it if, if you grab somebody to develop a course or work on a course together who has is more experienced you save a lot of you save a lot of lot, lot of time and also like maybe if, if the what i would maybe want to challenge people is that especially those who use sort of guest lecturers is to reflect a bit is it always the best way that okay so you just Get the best guest lecturer there, send a couple of emails, please have a, if you can present something on these topics and so on, and then they come and go away and maybe come there the next time you're holding it. Like, why not come together before before the course and discuss a bit, okay, so what's the big picture looking like, how you could complement the best other lectures and, and so on, because my experience has been working with other teachers in Aldo, maybe in the beginning you're really worried and thinking, well, get how much time will this take and how much extra effort will this be, which are really valid sort of fears in the beginning. But after you meet with the people involved in the course, the first couple of times, you kind of see, start seeing the benefits and you start getting motivated. You might start developing also the course in a way that that you wouldn't do before because you get this sort of collective momentum and what do you call it? Collective commitment. MVP. Yeah, yeah, you get collect learning. Yeah, collective com commitment to the course in a different level. Yeah, I like I that idea. Yeah, go ahead, Mary. I also think that if somebody's interested in trying co-teaching and it's something that is very new and seems like a big commitment, you don't have to do all of it at once. A good starting point would be to maybe take one lecture from your course and show it to a colleague, ask them what they think about it, or maybe show them like an assignment that you've written for students and ask for feedback. Maybe just sit down and say, hey, here's what I've been planning for this course. Do you have any thoughts on this? And then take that and run with it. Yeah, exactly. You can just meet people and discuss stuff and so on. And you can just like, you're not committed. If you're meeting with somebody, could we plan this lecture together or whatever? You're not getting committed into anything, anything necessarily. Yeah. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mary and Tuomo. This has been really good conversation. And I really do hope that our teachers would look into co-teaching more here at Aldo as well. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you.
Future-led learning by Alta University. Alta University Podcast.